Podcast. Coming to you from the Midwest Coast. I'm inside that miraculous establishment, the Midwest Healing Center, Lake of the Ozarks Podcast, Studio B. This is the New Old School Podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Tell somebody about the podcast. It's all free. You know, you can download any of these free apps to any mobile device. Podbean, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iTunes Store, Spotify, they're all free. You join the thousands upon thousands listening every week from all over this blue marble planet. No, they really are. Places like, of course, the United States, but we've got Australia. They're always a big one. The UK, they always tune in really well. Nigeria, Latvia. Is Latvia. I don't even know where Latvia is. We got a bunch of listeners over in Germany, Canada, Mexico. Oh, there's a bunch of them. There's a bunch of them. Well, I appreciate you all helping me spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ worldwide. Well, uh, yeah, fall, y'all. I think fall is uh, upon us here in the Midwest. I think we are getting ready to have the the big change, the big change. But good thing you can stay inside and listen to the podcast. Well, we are in a series titled The Lord's Prayer. What do we know about the Lord's Prayer? Uh, so far, we have really peeled back some amazing truths that are found in this prayer. This deserves a deeper look into a prayer that I think, if being honest, most people have just repeated at times without really having an understanding or looking into the depths of this. We began with knowing that God is saying, let's go deeper in prayer. And well, Lord, what would you have us do? Well, let's look at the Lord's Prayer. The disciples asked, teach us, teach us how to pray. And so this is Jesus's answer to them. And so uh, again, uh, don't forget, you, you should memorize this prayer. You should, uh, you should really look at it. Uh, again, as we're going through the podcast, memorizing it, but to keep in mind the things that we are discovering as we are reading this over in Matthew 6, these are verses 9 through 13. And this was Jesus's response to them. In this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So we have been dissecting this, if you will. And, and the first thing that we were really looking at is, Our Father, who are in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What we discovered is Jesus was wanting us to be sure that we understood he's our father. Our father, your father, my father. This is so important to know because we need to begin to see God this way. It's really hard to form a relationship with a thing. I think sometimes I think we see God as this unreachable uh, being up, up there somewhere. And he's so big, and it just seems like, I know he's there ruling and reigning, but no, I want you to form that relationship with God that uh, he intended it to be, a father. That's what he wanted. He wanted to be our father. So it's going to be important for you to go back and listen to the first two podcasts in this particular series so we can 
start there if you have not done so, but he is a good father. So that's going to be the foundation for you to be able to get your prayers answered more efficiently. If you know that the one that you're praying to is a father who loves you very much. So today, what about the Lord's Prayer? Uh, It is a prayer of petition. It begins with praise, our Father who are in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It ends in praise, yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, amen. But everything in between is a petition. It is a request. So number one, what we need to know is God wants us to ask. The disciples asked, Lord, teach us how to pray. And he filled most of the prayer with asking. So, so don't back off from asking. I know we can get into making decrees, as we should, uh, doing things like that. We can, we can get into that. You can also get into uh, praying in tongues a, a, a lot, if, if you're one that does that, as you should. Uh, you can get into these different modes, but, but it's okay to ask. Don't feel selfish for asking. He wants us to ask him. In John 13, Jesus washes their feet. John 17, he prays in the garden. But John 14, John 15, John 16, this is the conversations that Jesus is having at this last meal, the last supper. And during that, he says in John 14, 13 and 14, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Ask, ask anything in my name. John 15 and verse seven, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Now, why would it be done for you? Well, it goes back to last week, we have a good father. We have a good, good father. John 16, 23, 24, and in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. What would it take to make your joy full? Now, imagine Jesus opening this up to say, hey, biblically, there are things in set here to make your joy. What would have to happen being healed of something? Um financially taken care of, loved ones coming. What would have to happen for your joy to be full? Well, he said, ask. John 16, 23, 24. And in Matthew 6, right before verse 9, where begins the Lord prayer, the Lord's prayer, it says, therefore, do not be like them, for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. Now notice, it does not say your father knows what you need, so don't ask. He said, ask. Matthew 7, 7 through 11, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened for you. For everybody who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. To him who knocks, it will be opened. What man is there among you? If his son asked for bread, you'll give him a stone. If he asked for a fish, would you give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those that ask him? He's a good Father. God wants us to ask. We have to blow away this thing that somehow when we pray we're being selfish. No, it's all throughout the Lord's Prayer here. Asking for bread, asking for forgiveness, asking to be delivered, asking. So let me explain this as a filter, if you will. 
He said, whatever you ask in my name, ask anything in my name, ask whatever you desire in my name. How could Jesus say this? Because Matthew 6 and verse 10 is the filter for the ask. We are asking for his kingdom, not ours. We are asking for his will, not my will. 1 John 5 and verse 15, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Petitions. In Psalm 20, you can look at it, but it's filled with petitions. How in the world will the Lord fill all our petitions? So remember the rich young ruler, how Jesus talked about six of the 10 commandments. So the, the commandments are divided into two categories. The first are about our relationship with God, but the last are about our relationship with man. What many don't realize is the Lord's prayer is the same way. It's divided into two sections. It's focused on God, but it's also focused on us. It starts with God, it ends with God, but in the middle part, that's our part. Verse 10 is about God, thy kingdom come. So we can know that we have the petitions that we ask for as we are focused on God because he changes our desires. Have you noticed this in your life? He changes our desires. As we have matured through the years, that his desires have become my desires. His kingdom. I want what he wants. His kingdom come. Yes, that's what I want. His will be done. Yes, yes, that's what I want too. Now, it's all about him. So give us. Give us the tools to complete that desire. So how about this? Well, you have not, because why? You ask not. He says this, the Last Supper, and he, he's saying, ask, 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 ask. Okay, well, teach us how to pray. Praise God to begin with. Praise him to end with. And everything in the middle, ask. So you can sum it up with praise, ask. It's okay to ask. He wants us to ask. Ask the Father. Because here's the thing, it's faith that is pleasing to God. Well, it would take faith to ask, wouldn't it? This is an exercise in faith that God says, hey, ask me. Ask me and see. Ask and expect it. That's faith. So number one, he wants us to ask. The next thing is, his kingdom is here. Now, I know the phrase, thy kingdom come, is confusing at times because it seems like we're praying about a future kingdom, but the real issue is in English, okay? We only have a few tenses. The Greek has a few more than us. So in the Greek, a word can be two tenses at the same time. And this word is two at the same time. It's not that we are looking out to the future. Oh God, I pray that someday your kingdom will come. Hurry, Lord. No, thy kingdom come. Matthew 4 and verse 17, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's already here. Mark 1. 14 and 15, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Matthew 12, 28, but if I cast out demons by the spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Matthew 10, 7, as you go preaching saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Remember he even told the 70, go heal the sick and tell them that the kingdom has just come near you just now. It's here now. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom is here now, people. The reason Jesus said that the kingdom was there at that time was because the king was there. That's what he's saying. Listen, you, you need to go back and listen to my Wednesday night Facebook videos, Demons and Deliverance. Now, to timestamp this, in case you're listening 
at some other time in history here, uh, you know, however far out it might be that you have just found this podcast, then I want you to know that you can go back and find this. This is in October. We're in October of 2023. So if you want to scroll back through the years, if it's been that long, you need to go back and watch these. I think I'm up to four so far on Demons and Deliverance on Wednesday nights. Right, you need to go back and watch the Wednesday night Facebook videos, Demons and Deliverance. We've done four weeks so far. Go to the Two Guys in a Bible, TWO, Guys in a Bible Facebook page and watch those. It so ties together the king and the kingdom. So kingdom is two Latin words, the king and his dominion, the king's dominion. So I've been discussing principalities and that's an area that a prince rules over. But a kingdom is an area that a king rules over. Jesus comes and says, the kingdom is here. Well, yeah, because the king is here. Remember, he is the king of kings. He has dominion. So why pray thy kingdom come? Well, they had asked, Lord, teach us how to pray. And he said, okay, okay, the kingdom is here, meaning on the earth, but is the kingdom here in you? That's what he was telling them. You got to get this on the inside of you, in your hearts, you got to get this on the inside of you. Look at Luke 17. Now, when he was asked by the Pharisees, this is verses 20 through 21 in, in Luke 17. When he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and they said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there. For the, indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. How can he say this? In the Greek, this is two tenses at the same time. But what the present tense means in the Greek is it is continual, not just a marked moment in time, but a continual moment in time. It's a progressive tense, ask and keep asking. So thy kingdom come, this word come here means past and continuing. So the kingdom of God has come, but we want it to continue to come. When we got saved, right, we gave the king dominion over our lives, but is he still your king today? Will he be your king next week, next month, next year? Is he still the king over your life? This is progressive tense. He was, he is, he is to come. He has dominion in me. This is why Jesus was talking. This is what he's talking about. So our bodies are the king's dominion. This is why he said to the 70, go everywhere. And when you do, when you do these things, everywhere that you're going, tell them that the kingdom has just come nigh you because you are the king's dominion. It is in you. So this word come is progressive. In Matthew, Jesus is talking about the kingdom and he's saying things like the kingdom is like, the kingdom is like, you know, a mustard seed. The kingdom is like leaven, meaning what? Well, they're growing. So when we pray thy kingdom come, we're saying, Lord, I know the king has come and I have received my king, but I know that I don't always submit to the king. And I know that the king's dominion is growing in my life. And the longer we walk with the Lord, the more we become concerned about the kingdom of God. So this is why here at the Midwest Healing Center, MHC, I'm trying to incorporate a whole bunch of evangelistic opportunities and volunteering in our communities because I'm trying to expand the kingdom of God in my region. That comes by being a kingdom carrier, right? He said, it won't be here, it won't be there, it's in you. So this is why we want to get out and about. This is, this is when they're going to come in contact with the kingdom. This is why we do Facebook Live. It's why we do television programs. This is why we do this podcast, right? It's all to bring forth the kingdom. This is my motivation for all we do. We were just asked to do parking for a very large event here in our area called the Hillbilly Fair. Yeah, that's right. 
If you uh, ever wondered what takes place in a 900-person town that you grew up in, the 50th anniversary of the Hillbilly Fair. But here it's a very big deal. Will your church do the parking? Well, let me see. Let me think about it. Is there an opportunity for us to expand the kingdom? Yeah. Yeah, we parked a few thousand vehicles in one and a half days. So it was good to get to talk to a number of those people. I have to always ask myself, will this help the kingdom or is it just busy work? You know, I mean, is this just a good idea or is it a God idea? Because, um, you know, we get approached for a lot of things to volunteer for. Well, it's not going to do us much good to be behind the scenes with some of this because we can make ourselves busy or we can be effective. So that's what I have to do. When I do television, I have a television program that airs weekly on every Saturday night nationwide, 9 p.m., called Christ the Healer. It's on GEB America, Golden Eagle Broadcasting, GEB America. So that's GEB Roku, GEBamerica.com, or DirecTV Channel 363. But I'm always finding myself every year that I've done television, 10 years now, we just recorded our, well, just, uh, what was it? Uh, this Tuesday, I think I did my 510th television program. Uh, but I find myself saying, I think I'm done. I, I want to quit. You know, it's expensive. It's a drain on the finances. By the time you shoot it, you get it edited, send it to PBS for closed captioning, send it to the station itself. It costs a lot. And I'm always thinking, is it worth it? Because I, I bet most of you probably have never seen it. I bet most of you listening probably don't even watch it, do you? So does anybody know I'm even on television? Is this just a pride thing at this point to think, well, let's keep going? And then every Saturday night, I get reminded what's good for the kingdom as my phone begins to blow up. No lie, thousands of phone calls a year by those that just happen to be flipping through the channels and Christ the healer, well, I need healed. New calls every week. Is it good for the kingdom? Yes, I have to make up my mind. It's not about me. Does what I'm doing benefit the expansion of the kingdom? Then I have to keep going. Lives are being changed all the time. It's so amazing, but it's easy to lose sight if you don't have, have some standard to look to. So for me, that standard has to be what's going to benefit the kingdom, then the rest doesn't matter. Because I have a lot of opinions and feelings about a lot of the things that I do. And just being honest, a lot of times I just don't want to do them. But is it going to benefit the kingdom? Not my will, but yours be done. And it's so worth it for the kingdom. This is what you have to decide for yourself. Is what I'm doing good for the kingdom? Not for me but for him, my king, because his kingdom is in me. So he wants us to ask, his kingdom is in me and his will is the best. Acts 13 and verse 36, for David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep, was buried with his fathers and saw corruption. He served God in his generation by serving the will of God in that generation and for that generation. So this is what we all want to do. First Thessalonians 5 and verse 18, and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. So we know that we're supposed to do the will of God. We know that, but how do we do it? Let's look at a key here. John 7 and verse 17, if anybody wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. So if we would begin to will to do his will, guys, it's a choice. You don't have to. 
sometimes you have to will to do his will. There's a couple of benefits. Like for one, I'm going to begin to understand the Bible better. I will understand what Jesus was saying when I will to do his will. I will begin to gain an understanding. How many of you know? So it was like this. My father was a mechanic. He could work on cars and he could sit there and tell me that didn't mean a lot to me until he made me get my hands in there and start doing it myself. And now I had a better understanding of how things work. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? It's the same thing with the Bible. I can read the Bible, but truly when I get into it and begin to do the Bible, when I will to do his will, not just know about his will, when I will to do his will, which is the word of God, I will begin to understand the Bible better. I will understand what Jesus was saying. I'll begin to gain an understanding. And so we have to will to do his will. Thy will be done. As we pray this, thy will be done. We are saying that I know my knowledge here is limited compared to your total understanding and knowledge of the situation. So I'm going to submit my will underneath your will, Father. Luke 22, verse 42, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. God created us in his image and God has a will, the will of God. So we are created in his image and this is why God gave us a will. We have a choice. You can choose to read the Bible. You can choose to sin or not. You can choose to go to church, do whatever God says. So in the ministries, go tell others about Jesus. You have a choice to do or not to do all of that. This is the filter. Before we get into the give us part, the give us part, we say, wait a minute, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Well, how is it in heaven? Well, one thing is Revelation 24, sorry, 21 and verse 4. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no sorrow, no crying. There shall be no more pain, and the former things have passed away. This is so good, no more death. So if the kingdom is here even now, we know there is death here. But even now, the sting of death can be gone for the believer. We've been instructed to what? Raise the dead, isn't that right? Now listen, just because you have never seen anybody do it, just because you don't know anybody that's ever done it, maybe because you've never done it yourself, That does not mean that we cannot do it. There are some, including myself, who have. Now, no, I don't wait outside of funeral homes, right? But I've been in situations as led by God, and I've had people come back to life. And that's the truth. They were dead, and now they are not dead. Brain dead, and now they are not dead. No heartbeat, and now the heart is beating and they're alive. In a coma, not coming off the machines ever. They pull the plug. They're supposed to die. They pull the plug, and they live. So yes, the sting can be gone, but really, if we wanted to get into it, death has been defeated. It said that was the final enemy. No, don't make some doctrine out of it. And no, I cannot explain it in depth other than to say that I've been there and I've done that. And I didn't look into it much deeper than making the choice to his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Don't ask me to theologically explain it and doctrinally embrace it. I just know what I've seen and I know what I've done and others as well. I told you about that boy in the wheelchair. Remember I said, are there any boys in wheelchairs in heaven? Then your will be done on earth as it is in heaven right now. And he gets out of that wheelchair for the very first time in his 13 years of life. So don't tell me thy kingdom come, right? I am the kingdom carrier and the king has dominion. And if you want to see things like this, you'll have to surrender to his will. His will be done. He has the dominion over me his kingdom. And it's all about what he wants. So why hold back? 
and think things like, well, what if it doesn't work? No, no, no. What happens when it does? Are you willing to place it all on the line? We have no reputation, guys. It's all him. God's will is always best. Things that I thought were supposed to do here at the ministry and allowing God to say, no, not that. His will is always best. No, 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 no. Not praying that, hey, I want you to accept what my will is, God. God, here's my plan, so bless it. No, no, no. Right? Here's what I want, God, so bless it. No, no, no. His will is the best. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Oh, what an amazing prayer this is. Oh, it's so, so good. I hope you're catching what it is that I'm saying in this podcast. This is the pattern of how all prayers should be. This is how we get those prayers answered and see his will become more and more my will too. His will is the best. As he's seeing way out beyond anything that we could ever imagine even knowing. But you got to pray, people. Come on, you got to pray. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for joining me on the New Old School Podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Hey, until next time, I'm going to be walking in his will to attempt the ridiculous and achieve the miraculous. <laughs>